0: Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Anthem Podcast. I'm Bert Alcorn. This year, we are pressing into our goal of orienting our lives, our lifelong goal of orienting our lives around being with Jesus, becoming like Jesus, and doing what he would do if he were me or you or whomever by growing to become resilient disciples who are a faithful family in the face of cultural coercion. Live a vibrant life in the spirit and are empowered as a courageous missional presence in our world. Now, what we've been doing uh, throughout the month of January, as we are following along with our vision series here that uh, that we're working through in our local church community, is we're taking the Anthem podcast to do deeper dives in each one of those four primary areas of our calling: one, resilient disciples two, being a faithful family in the face of cultural coercion, three, vibrant living in the spirit, and four, a missionally courageous presence. And what we are doing today is we are wrapping up our week on what it means to be a faithful family in the face of cultural coercion. So if you've missed out or just kind of listening to the podcast, I'd encourage you to go back a week and grab our week-long series we did on what it means to be resilient disciples. So that kicked off on Monday with the Uh, teaching that we provided here for our local church, and then an additional four episodes of content unpacking resiliency, discipleship, Christianity, all of that. It's a great place to start. And uh, this week, uh, we kicked off with a teaching around what it means to be a faithful family in the face of cultural coercion, and we've been doing a deep dive. This week, uh, we've been doing a deep dive into what it means to be a faithful family in the face of cultural coercion. Now, before we get into what we got today, just a quick reminder, wherever you do get this podcast, please do subscribe so you don't miss out on an episode. Take a minute if you can, write, uh, rate us, write a review. That's actually really helpful as we're growing as a podcast and would mean a ton to me. If you would take some time to do that, I do believe if the content is helpful for you, it's worth sharing along. So share it along with social media, with friends, family. Uh, I'm generally grateful when this makes a difference in your life and even more grateful when you bring others into the community and share it along as well. Uh, But this week we are unpacking what it means to be a faithful family in the face of cultural coercion. And so we just started with teasing this question, pulling the thread of this question of who are you becoming? Because we are little more than the cumulative effects of our regular habits. Uh, What we do on a regular basis is what we become. The things we do, do something to us. We become like the people we hang out with. We're formed by our city, our family of origin, our workplace, our school, all of that. And so at any time, we are always being formed into something by something else. Uh, So we're asking the question, who are you becoming? Are you on track to become Jesus expressed through your person and personality, or are you becoming something or someone else? Now, as a follower of Jesus myself, I know that is my goal is to become like Jesus, but often if I play out the trajectory of my current life, looking 10, 20 years from now, often I don't see someone who's turning into Jesus more often, and and that's challenging for me and and constantly forces me to like redirect back to uh, these core practices that we've been talking about here. We are intentional about that kind of formation into the image and likeness of Jesus and becoming a faithful family because just by waking up in the morning, there are so many forces at work trying to form us into something and someone else. We are always being formed into something, always, always, always. And as we talk about how we become more like Jesus, what it means to be a faithful family, we have to realize there are the forces at work. We have to name the forces at work pulling us away from that goal. Now, Martin Luther, the famed father of the Reformation and, and great theologian, identified those forces or those enemies of spiritual growth as the world, the flesh, and the enemy. So the world, uh, think culture, politics, friends, advertisements, TV, family, social media, and anything, you can, the city you're in, your family of origin, like anything you can see, hear, smell, touch, feel, like that is the world around us and it is most definitely trying to form us into something. Also, the flesh, our inward desires, our innate sense of preservation, of protection, of pleasure, all those things are kind of forming us as well. And the enemy, which was what we were doing yesterday on the podcast, uh, Satan and his demons, the very real dark spiritual forces that are trying to get us to um, be either ineffective for the kingdom or out of the kingdom altogether. So the question is not, are you being formed? But who and what are you being formed into and who or what is doing the forming? So the invitation of scripture is to counter all of that unintentional passive formation that just happens by waking up in the morning and to choose intentional formation to actually be shaped into the image of Jesus by the Holy Spirit. To do that, we look to the early church as a model of a group of people who were faithful who were devoted, a faithful family who at all costs were moving towards that goal of being with Jesus, becoming like him and doing what he would do. And so what we've been doing this week is the last couple of episodes, we looked at how the world, the flesh and the enemy are all taking us away from the goal of being a faithful family. Thus, without any intention and purpose on your part, Just by waking up in the morning, you will be formed into something other than Jesus. So if you um, uh, wake up in the morning and choose to engage in zero spiritual practices, you don't actually stay at neutral, all right? You don't actually stay in parked position. You go backwards or you get formed into something else. And so we're not talking about a net zero situation, we're talking about there are powerful powerful forces at play getting you to become something else and if you do not counter that formation with a different kind of formation then you will be to quote Paul in Romans 12:1 uh, and 12:2 conform to the image of the world not be transformed by the renewal of your mind. And so we've been digging into that this week and what we're doing today is uh, we're going to flesh out a little bit of what a countercultural faithfulness Actually, looks like in 2021. So the last three episodes have been a little bit more negative. <laughs> They've been the the coercive forces at play, right? The world, the flesh, the enemy. Um, and, and today we're going to look like what it, we're going to look at what it means to counter that formation, uh, particularly in our time and our place. And so uh, right off the bat, I want to say we're going to be digging into all of these themes that I'm going to get at. I'm going to share with you five postures and practices, but. I'm not going to do any of them total justice here, or else this podcast would be like two hours long, so I'm not sure that's not what you guys want. Um, so we're going to be digging into the seams in greater detail uh, next month as we wrap up this vision series. I'm actually pretty excited uh, because we'll be timing that series that uh, that we're going to be doing here on the podcast with us winding down, uh, teaching through the book of First Peter, which is kind of the book that's anchored us in the fall and uh, late winter. And so... Uh, we'll be timing that podcast to kind of work as a and function as an overview of 1 Peter that will answer this kind of question. Uh, but you guys today on the pod are, are getting a preview of where we're going. So uh, if you're listening in today, you're getting a preview of some work we're going to be doing together on the pod uh, in February and March. Uh, but today I want to share with you. And these are all going to be rooted in First Peter, and I'm not going to do any expositional teaching on any of these things because it will take forever. So we're not going to do that. We're going to save that for the longer form, okay? Um, but if you want to uh, dive a little bit deeper on any of these themes, read the book of First Peter. This is where all of this stuff is stemming from right here. So I'm going to give you five postures and practices, five ways of helping us live a countercultural faithfulness here in 2020. So if you're taking notes or want to keep track, number one, we are, as a countercultural faithful witness to Jesus, we are immersed in the story of God and growing in biblical literacy. And this is directly combating um, like the secular worldview inside the church. Uh, so whether that has to do with authority issues um, or the, the questions around the reliance on, or just the simple illiteracy of scripture, uh, lack of belief in the supernatural. We talked um, on the last episode about so many Christians are, are simply functional deist or functional naturalist and, and just reject the spiritual and the supernatural. Um, engaging in... You know, lack of engagement with the Holy Spirit or whatever is super common in, with Christians in the West. Or just a general skepticism that leads to indifference or apathy or things like, why would the Bible have any impact on my life today? And so as countercultural faithful family in the face of cultural coercion, our identity is grounded in Jesus. And we bring a God-centered presence to a self-centered age and I could have just said like we're immersed in the gospel but it's worth calling out these two things that I just called out biblical literacy and the story of God first the story of God here's the reality all human beings live by a story a narrative by which we make sense of the big questions of life questions like who are we why are we here what's wrong? how do we fix it right these are big questions that kind of overarchingly deal with the narrative that we find ourselves in. It's the story we live in. It's the story we live out. So it comes as no surprise that most of the Bible is actually narrative and that together it tells a unified story that leads to Jesus. There was a book... Um, I'm forgetting the author momentarily. I should have grabbed the book. But there's a book in Bible College that actually shaped my thinking a ton on this. It's called The Drama of Scripture. And it really does a good job of helping reframe my understanding of of moving from an encyclopedia or systematic theology approach to Scripture to a narrative or story-driven approach to Scripture. And scripture does function as the alternative story to the many narratives of our soul and society and calls us to live in alignment with the real true story of God's word, which is why I included the second one, biblical literacy, because you can't live in the true story of God if you don't know what the true story of God is. So biblical literacy, looking at Jesus as our example, uh, we see a life deeply entrenched in the Hebrew scriptures or what we would call the Old Testament. Right, Jesus quoted the scriptures, meditated on the scriptures, wrestled with the scriptures, interpreted the scriptures, found his identity in the scriptures, built his ethics on the scriptures, and framed his world in the story the scriptures tell. So for us to be a countercultural, faithful uh, family in the face of cultural coercion, we must be immersed in the story of God and growing in our biblical literacy. That's number one. Number two. We understand our Jesus-centered, exilic identity. We understand our Jesus-centered, ideal, exilic identity. So this is uh, combating some of the problems of wanting the kingdom without the king, to borrow some language from author and pastor Mark Sayers. So thinking about the growing irrelevance of evangelicalism in the light of intertwining of religion and politics, the need to find personal and political utopia this side of heaven... Uh, or things like real change will come through, fill in the blank, better government, less taxes, more taxes, this policy, that policy, this elected official, that elected official, recycling, conservationism, whatever your thing is, to think that somehow when that thing finally happens, then we'll turn the tide is a, um, is a wanting the kingdom without the king approach. Instead, our identity is fixed on the person of Jesus who says, who, who he says we are, and we are citizens of a different kingdom, right? We're citizens of heaven first, earth second, and know that by only bringing his kingdom from heaven to earth will we see real change for good, and that the ultimate redemption and restoration doesn't come from government, it doesn't come from elected officials, it doesn't come from policies, but by Jesus himself when he returns. Can I get an amen? All right. So in light of that, we are humble, sacrificial people of peace. We reject wrong ideas about leadership and influence that say our worth is what we create and our influence equals the size of our platform. We're conscious of the relentless pull towards anxiety and make deliberate choices to live in sync with an unruffled, unhurried God-word rhythm because we are confident of who we are in Him. Okay, so number one, we're immersed in the story of God and growing in biblical literacy. Number two, we understand our Jesus-centered, exilic Identity. Number three, we are cultivating to become a faithful family in the face of cultural coercion. We are cultivating deep and healthy relationships. And this goes to combat our problem of being overconnected and hyper isolated all at the same time. This is not just a COVID problem. This was a human problem long before COVID and COVID just like turned it up to 11 so, things like anxiety, depression, loneliness, uh, pre COVID, these are pre COVID numbers that one in five globally suffer from anxiety, as closer to three in 10 in the United States. And I'm sure this number has only grown in the last year. And some of this comes from a disconnect between life online and life in person. Hello, can we, can we see that one as well happening this year as people are trapped in their homes and all this has been exacerbated by COVID-19 where most of our life is now lived online somehow and we have this funny way of curating that on life online life differently than our in-person life, whether it is more polished and more put together or whether it is more rabid and extreme, uh, chances are who you are on Facebook is not who you are in real life. But unfortunately, that's becoming harder and harder to differentiate. So we, as a faithful family in the face of cultural coercion, are emotionally connected to others in our community and in our household. We have A healthy connection to those we lead, those who lead us, and those around us in community, which is neither cold and detached nor codependently enmeshed. Okay, so number one, uh, posture and practice, we're immersed in the story of God and growing in biblical literacy. Number two, we understand our Jesus-centered exilic identity. Number three, we are cultivating deep and healthy relationships. And number four, how we can be a um, faithful family in the face of cultural coercion as we are living as a suffering witness to our suffering savior. So this is dealing with some of the problem of um, in the church of like a weak view of suffering uh, and an, a genuine unwillingness to take up one's cross. And so uh, think of the people who think inconvenience equals persecution. Uh, think of the expectation of instant success or influence or wealth, the frustration that the church doesn't do enough, but doesn't actually want to be a part of the solution, right? So you're kind of lobbing stones and just saying, you should do that, you should do this, but not actually a willingness to engage at all. Um, A general distrust of institutions, but also an expectation for them to do everything for us, right? So I, I don't want to show up, I don't want to participate, but when I do want to show up, I expect those institutions to be there for me, all leading to a general sense of like entitlement and self centeredness. And so, as resilient disciples, we live as exiles amidst a world that rejects our message. So, we are in the world, we are not of the world. So, becoming more like Jesus, according to the Bible, necessarily means being rejected by this world. Being rejected by the world will lead to suffering in this world. Often, we will do anything at all costs to avoid suffering. And that is simply not the way of the kingdom. So resilient disciples live the way of Jesus as suffering witnesses to our suffering Savior so that those who don't know Jesus would look at our lives and glorify God. Or in the language of Peter would ask, ask for a like, defense for the hope that we actually have. Okay, so number one, we're immersed in the story of God and growing in biblical literacy. Number two, we're understanding our Jesus centered exilic identity. Number three, we're cultivating deep and healthy relationships. Number four, we're living as a suffering witness to our suffering Savior. And finally, number five, we are growing in and submitting to godly leadership. And this is dealing with the problem of kind of our natural inclinations as Americans to reject and resist any kind of leadership and authority, uh, manifesting somehow in like our shifting view of authority from external of like the church institutions, older generations, et cetera, to personal. So like the self is the center of authority also manifesting in a default lack of trust in those who are in leadership, that those who are in leadership necessarily have to be narcissistic and ambitious to get where they are. So worldly leaders are being worldly and Christian leaders are not living any kind of different way. So uh, of course, we're going to be jaded and cynical about church leadership or godly leadership. So this is kind of a two-pronged thing. It is both for those in leadership and those submitting to leadership. So leaders lead humbly, willingly, eagerly, as an example to cultivate maturity in the church, so that when Jesus comes, he sees sheep well tended, right? That's the responsibility of those in leadership. But the second prong here is all of us joyfully walk in submission to those God has put in authority over us. Okay, so what does it look like to uh, to walk in countercultural faithfulness here in 2021? Five things we identified. All five things, by the way, from the book of First Peter. So we're just surveying the book of First Peter together, and each one of these things will get a fuller treatment in the weeks to come. So do look out for that. But five um, ways we are becoming a countercultural faithful family in the face of cultural coercion. Number one, we are immersing ourselves in the story of God and growing in biblical literacy. Number two, we're understanding our Jesus-centered, exilic identity. Number three, we're cultivating deep and healthy relationships. Number four, living as a suffering witness to our suffering Savior. And number five, we are growing in and submitting to godly leadership. Okay, that's it. This wraps up our week of being a faithful family in the face of cultural coercion. We started off the week um, kind of opening that uh, Pandora's box with the Sunday teaching. Then we spent the last couple of days uh, on the podcast here working through all of the coercive forces at play, trying to pull us away from that goal of being a faithful family. And today, we looked at five postures and practices for becoming a countercultural community of faithfulness here in 2021. I am deeply excited for to do more work on each one of those five things uh, in the coming weeks. So I'm pretty excited about that. We hit the ground running with that, I believe, starting in February Um but until then, uh, just read First Peter to the eyes fall out. This is going to be one of the more helpful books in the Bible to help shape how we live here and now in our time and our place. Thanks so much for listening to the Anthem Podcast. I hope you're enjoying this journey that we're on together. I hope that it's stirring and challenging and encouraging you as you're growing to become a resilient disciple who's faithful in the face of cultural coercion, lives a vibrant life in the spirit, and is empowered as a courageous missional presence in your world, whatever that world looks like. So today is Friday. We're going to pick back up again with the Anthem podcast, uh, opening up our series around what it means to live a vibrant life in the spirit here in 2021. That's going to be up next week. Uh, So thank you again for listening. If you did enjoy this episode, you'd like to help support the podcast in some way. The easiest way to do that is share it with someone else post about it on social media, leave a rating, leave a review. That's all super helpful with getting the word out and uh, helping grow and develop this podcast. So thanks again, and we'll see you next time. Happy weekend.